Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to the CHGO White Sox postgame show. Welcome in. This is Studio A of our CHGO West Loop offices. My name is Herb Lawrence. You can follow me on Twitter. It's at Ecknerwall23. The guy to my left, that is Vinny Duber. At Vinny Duber on Twitter, and he wrote a great article on Luis Robert not satisfied with just being named an all-star or maybe being named an all-star. Once more out of that, go check out allchgo.com. And while you're there, why don't you become a diehard? Because if you become a diehard, you can join us for our takeover and have a discounted rate for it. We're having a takeover of the guaranteed rate field when the White Sox play the Cubs. July 26, 7-10 game. You can join us and the CHGO Cubs people and other people who are fans of this teams in the stands. I believe the White Sox tickets are from 529 in the upper deck right behind home plate. Beautiful, beautiful vantage point from there. So become a become a diehard member and you get a diehard discount off of this one on July 26th or the one we do later in the year when we go to Wrigley Field, August 16th. August 16th, a 7.05 start for the Crosstown Series. So, discounting rate for diehards, for regular people, you still get a great deal yourselves. But being a diehard is much more valuable. You get a nice box right here. You get a membership card. get a free T-shirt. And if you join in for that takeover, you get a free either White Sox uh, Southside shirt or a Cubs Southside shirt. comes with the package. So, the deal pays for itself with just getting a diehard membership. So go to allchgo.com and become a member today. Whew. I want to do anything but talk about that damn game, Vinny. Like, that game was just so boring and predictable as the White Sox lose to the Anaheim slash Los Angeles Angels 2-1. to one. Let me go over the, the scoring. I know it's going to be arduous. Start top the of, clock. Top of the first inning, Luis Robert, solo home run. Bottom of the fourth inning, Choi Itani, solo home run. Bottom of the ninth inning, wild pitch, Mike Trout scores. Game's over. That's it. I mean. Made it easy for you, Herb. Yeah. I, there were as many runs right there as Sox had hits today. It's just so frustrating. And I know people are going to focus on Ray Lowe in the ninth, Aaron Bummer in the ninth. And I get it. Those guys haven't been great this year. But when you get three hits, Vinny. It's tough to win a Major League Baseball game that, in one run. That's the game. Yeah. That's the game right there. I mean, and, and listen, not only that, we've, we've belabored this point this season. The White Sox pitching staff and the White Sox defense, by extension, they've got no room for error. 
They've got no room for error. You can you they cannot walk a guy. They cannot throw one pitch that that doesn't you know it doesn't get caught by the catcher because that run is the ball game because this offense has not been productive. Three hits, one run. You every almost every single time, ninety nine percent of the time, you are going to lose when that is your offensive output. The White Sox have had plenty of nights this year where they have not had a lot of hits, where they have not had a lot of runs, and they have said, "All right, pitchers, go be perfect. You have to be perfect." Mm. I'm not saying Aaron Bummer, uh, you know, was great tonight. All the all the uh, negative comments toward him. Listen, he hasn't had a very good season, and this was another low light for him. But when I, I don't care who's on that mound, you, you, can't, you can't screw up. There's nothing. You've got to be perfect because all they did was give you three hits and one run. And guess what? No matter who Pedro Grifol calls on in the ninth inning, one run is not even leading the ball game. No. It's still a tie. It's still a tie. So no matter what you do, the only thing you can do is push that to extra innings right there. Aaron Bummer didn't get the job done. There's no doubt about that. But neither did anybody else carrying a bat for that team tonight because besides Luis Robert Jr., who had two of those three hits, one of them was the only run of the game for the White Sox. And, yeah, you can't go into a game, and there's tremendous pressure on any MLB game because you're playing in front of a large audience, both there in the ballpark and on television. So you already have that dealing with you. And then you come in with no margin for error as you said the pressure's got to be immense right there for any pitcher to say okay take us to the 10th kid yeah we might not score in the 10th after a while pitchers like you know what it doesn't matter let's get the game over with i know they're not there they're not they're professionals they're out there trying raylo's not trying to walk mike trout same thing with aaron bummer he's not necessarily trying to walk shoy itani but at the point i was like you know what let Somebody else other than Shoei Otani or Mike Trout beat you in the ninth. I would have just like four. I know it's risky to put the winning run on second base, but as it turns out, it didn't matter. It was academic because Aaron Bummer, as you said, threw two wild pitches. Um, getting Mastakis to swing, I, I, I don't know what he was trying to do right there in that last at-bat versus Mustakis, but he was very wild. And Yaz, you know, just came into the game pretty much fresh. We already documented his knee back problems, and we've already seen him not be a great blocker of balls. Um, and so it wasn't a great combination having Aaron Bummer, Yasmani Grandal in there, and him not throwing strikes. So, yes, we're going to be focusing apparently on Ronaldo Lopez starting that inning and Aaron Bummer struggling. But – one through nine, got to get some stuff, except for 88, who continues to impress. Reed Detmer throws a high fastball, and Luis Robert treats it. Luis Robert Jr. treats it like he's been treating most balls this year. Just, it's ridiculous how this guy has transitioned himself into not, if not the best player, one of the best players in baseball. Major League Baseball, if you look at Twitter, is going wild with him every time he hits the ball because he's hitting the ball with so much authority. What would you see from Luis Robert Jr.? Let's get into some positives before we jump back into some negatives. Well, I mean, I'll just uh, – what I'll say is I'll counter your your comment that this was a boring game. I don't, I don't think it was. No? I think it was two starting pitchers who pitched tremendously well and 
a home run apiece from two of the best pitch or best hitters in baseball right now. Mm-hmm. That's pretty entertaining, I, I think. Obviously, the, uh, the not not a huge crooked number for either side there at all. But um, listen, Robert has been on a tear, and if it wasn't for that ninth inning single, White Sox only would have had two hits tonight. <laughs> um, if it wasn't for his first inning homer, they would have had no runs. So uh, he was the offense tonight, no doubt about that, uh, and he's been the centerpiece of the offense for a while now uh he you know he used the word carry he wants to carry this team to the playoffs I don't think that's going to happen this year it certainly doesn't look like that's going to happen this year right now but he's showing that he can be the kind of player who can do that in a season he is a uh playing right now like the player who was promised the hitter that everybody was getting so excited about you go all the way back to 2019 when it was why is he still in the minor leagues why is he still in the minor leagues you know then he came up had a few injury riddled seasons and all of a sudden it's when is this guy going to be any good when is this guy going to be any good (laughs) well you're seeing it right there credit the health credit the work he's been doing behind the scenes but he's on an absolute tear right now, and it continued even though the uh, White Sox just threw ha- flew halfway across the country. Oh, yeah, and I forgot to mention, too, uh, we usually have a partner here, Sean Anderson, but today he is taking a couple days off. We uh, join us, I think, on Thursday. Well-deserved break, so... CHO White Sox is usually hosted by Sean Anderson, who sits to the right of me. I am the community leader usually. Today I'll be acting as the host. But to your point, like, Luis Robert Jr. and uh, the major leagues taking notice. If you could flash that graphic about Luis Robert Jr., the highest slugging percentage versus fastballs, forcing fastballs this year, Luis Robert Jr. is number one with a 955 slugging percentage coming into today's game. And the home run he hit off of Reed Demers was another forcing fastball. Aaron Judge, you've heard of that guy, right? He was the MVP of last year, the reigning right. MVP. 909 versus that. So Luis Robert Jr. is doing something better than the guy who got set the American League record for home runs in a season last year. A uh, little anomaly right here, Kevin Kiermaier, who was a, a great defender, but he's hitting fastballs really well with the 898 uh, coming into today. And Teosco Hernandez, the former Blue Jay, with 833 slugging percentage off of four-seam fastballs. But Luis Robert Jr., is that dude now this is the guy that i wanted to see all the time and we're seeing it more constant today he had one bad swing at a ball where i was like ah bad Luis." but that's gonna happen we're seeing few and far between those bad swings where he's swinging at balls in the dirt i think that swing was more of a 2-0 i'm seeing a fastball i'm in swing mode and he swung at a slider that was by his feet but this guy is just turning himself into one of the best players if not the best player in center field in Major League Baseball. I mean, Vinny literally yelled, why would you throw him a fastball? (laughs) You know, I mean, that's the reputation he's getting now. I mean, and and to both of those points, I mean, he's crushing the fastball and you're talking about him not swinging at pitches out of the zone. Those are the those are the same the result of the same work and, and and the work that he's done on pitch recognition on pitch selection and on plate discipline. I mean, he's waiting for his pitch, which is something he was not doing as recently as early this season when he's still flailing at balls out of uh, you know on the outside half uh you know not even the outside half of the strike zone well outside the strike zone outside so he is you know it's the light has come on it's dawned on him and I think Pedro Grafol has been the guy who kind of has been beating the drum for him along with the coaching staff obviously of you know hey Go to work. Here's what we want to tell you. Here's why we were brought in to bring some new ideas to tell you how you can get back to being you, Luis Robert, the guy who everybody thought was going to be an MVP candidate. 
Pedro was telling us yesterday, you know, sometimes it just takes these guys a little while. And it, it, this took a while to take root. But now Luis is buying in. There's no zealot like a convert, as I was saying in the pregame show. And he's he, he's saying the same things that Pedro was saying when we were talking to him postgame yesterday when he had two home runs. So it, obviously now Luis is going up to the plate knowing exactly what he wants to hit. And I being able to identify what's coming at him and where because all it took was a little work and we're not seeing anything like the guy who was swinging and missing wildly earlier in the season or in the WBC or even last year when he was dealing with the wrist injury. So it's a much different hitter and wow for the better because he has been absolutely fantastic. And White Sox reaction video asked Luis Robert Jr. for MVP. I'm sorry, man. Starting pitcher for tomorrow is going to be the MVP. The, of the other American home run League. hitter tonight. Exactly. He's going to be the MVP. Do you think there's anything in there where the White Sox know that Shohei is pitching tomorrow and that they're trying too hard to actually hit Reed Detmers? Because I know tomorrow's going to be really tough to get any hits off of Shohei. No, I mean, I think there's a lot of mental things going on with this team. And if you listen to Pedro talk about it, he'll bring up a lot of that, uh, you know, mental side of the game. But We've seen this a lot from the White Sox offense this season. I mean, this is nothing new. Uh, this is not, oh, man, we've got a unique circumstance with Shohei Otani on the mound tomorrow. They've had a lot of days before they've faced really good pitchers. They've had a lot of days uh, when a really good pitcher wasn't in sight or days when they were facing really good pitchers, and none of it has really seemed to matter, at least from a consistency standpoint. There have been a lot of nights like this when I, when we've, we've come on the show and been like, well, they you know why they lost? They only had three hits. They only had four hits. They only had five hits. It, it's, it's happened far too often for this offense to not only gain any, you know, traction, but just to win ball games. And, and, and you know, you want to know why they lost tonight. You can get as mad as you want about the bottom of the ninth inning. Talk about the uh, talk about everything that happened from the top of the first to the top of the ninth because that was an offense that completely had nothing going on besides one one long hit from Luis Robert Jr. I mean, we could talk about the second hit of the ball game. Andrew Vaughn gets a single through the infield. Then Jake Berger has a patient at bat, walks. This is the top of the fifth inning. That's so, the, that's that's very un Jake Berger like too. Remember, this is the guy that swung at what almost thirty straight pitches in a row, right? Exactly. So you have runners on first and second. Pretty fast runner on first, uh, not fast runner on second. And then the problems persist right there. You got seven, eight, and nine coming up for the White Sox. Of course, Frazier strikes out. Who's coming up next? Elvis Andres. What do he do? Strikes out. Oh, maybe our ninth hitter, Sebi Zavala, can save us. Nope. He strikes out too. Like when you don't get a lot of hits, you have to execute. Like, Frazier's job there is to advance the runners any way he can do, but not strike out. Getting bad on ball is objective right there. It's key. It's the number one thing for Frazier. I know he doesn't feel like, you know, comfortable in the box. He hasn't been a major league hitter for a while. Like when he was with the Yankees, that's where he was kind of in his groove. And then he got DFA by them. And he's been ever since kind of just floating through the league as a 4A hitter. But you got to put bat on ball. You're in the lineup. You're the right fielder today, which we discussed today. Like, I know Pedro likes to do the handedness. You probably get four better at bats from Gavin Sheets. I know Gavin came in later in the game, but you get four better at bats for Gavin Sheets than you get from Clint Frazier. The handedness stuff kind of is tiresome. Just give me the better player. Give me that better player in the lineup, and I'll deal with whatever he does in the lineup. And for a veteran like Elvis Andres to strike out there, it's going to happen. And Reed Detmers had 10 strikeouts himself. He's a filthy pitcher. 
but that is where the White Sox lost the game for me, where you have those runners there. You're threatening to have Reed Detmers chase in the fifth, but then he wiggles out with out of it with three strikeouts there. So the offense, like I said many times, they're leaving, they're leaving no room for air or no room for margin, and the White Sox defense was pretty decent today. I know people are going to talk about the Tim Anderson uh, bobble that he didn't get out on Brandon Jury. Ball was hit 110 miles per hour or 100 miles per hour. It was a backhand throw. Tim probably is not getting Brandon Jury out in that anyway. I know all this stuff. Every complaint you guys have is a culmination of this terrible season and everybody on this team not being as good as they should be, except for Luis Robert. And today we had Dylan Cisco out there and chuck a masterpiece. But I am getting, and this is me on my soapbox, I'm getting kind of tired of people telling me about Tim Anderson and telling me you want him DFA'd and telling me you want traded. I got it. You don't like how he's playing. That's fine. He's been playing poorly. But I think it's more than that. You guys are trading on a guy that last year he was your favorite. How so quick as White Sox fans? How so quick have we just forgotten all that he's done for this team? I feel like this is the same thing that happened to Lucas Giolito last year where so many people wanted to DFA him. So many. And now look at him. Out there battling, dominating. He might be an all-star this year. And I feel Tim can feel can recapture his uh, former all-star fame. He was the all-star starting shortstop last year, last July, when we played a game. He was the all-star st- starting shortstop. And now you don't want him on your team anymore? <sighs> I, I, that's frustrating to me as a White Sox fan that you're so quick to, tr- to change on these players that quickly. It doesn't it it's your prerogative to do it, but I'm just voicing my opinion that no, you can't be that fickle in your fandom to want one of your best players from last year to be off the team this year. I know I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, Vinny, but it's just for me, that's a frustrating thing to see majority of White Sox fans not want this guy on their team anymore. Well, I would say this. I would say that um there needs to the way I usually react to that is not, oh, I disagree with your opinion or something like that it's like well I'm gonna tell you what the reality is and the reality is Tim Anderson's not going anywhere you know what I mean like it the the reality of what the roster looks like of how the roster was built and what happens if he is taken out of it what do you what are you expecting what do you what do you want because Tim Anderson just didn't play for for several games in a row last week and what you got was Zach Remillard. Yeah. And, like, is that what you want? Do you want a full season of, of Zach Remillard? I mean, do you want, you know, it's it, – obviously there are a lot of under underachieving players on this team, but this was the team that was built. These are the major league players that they put on this team. What's behind them on this uh, uh, on the depth chart, be it on the big league roster or at AAA? Not big league starting quality players. Mm-mm. And so uh, – what you're asking for is for an entirely different roster that comes in the winter. Uh, and so, listen, Tim Anderson is still a guy who the White Sox believe is critical, vital to this lineup, critical and vital to the top of this lineup. For as bad of a year as Tim Anderson has had so far, he's still batting second. Like, it's not like they knocked him out of the leadoff spot and threw him down at number nine, and it's like, oh, well, he's never going to be good again. They think that tomorrow can be the start of – Tim Anderson getting back to the way that they know him to be, which is a guy who, you know, basically when he's going good, 
makes this lineup go good. And we've talked, Herb, you and I, many times about how he probably is the most important hitter on this team just because of what he can do from, uh, you know, uh, sparking the lineup from, you know, the, the word that uh, Rick Hahn has used recently, that Tony La Russa used for two years, igniter. That's really what Tim Anderson has been in the past for this lineup. I don't think you can look at a guy who's hit 300 plus, well over 300 several years in a row and say, ah, he'll never do it again. I mean, guys... He's hurt. He's been, he was hurt last year, and he's been hurt this year. He probably is not back to the physical, uh, you know, quality that he's used to being at when he can perform regularly. You're seeing a lot of, you know, weak contact from him, and that's not, that's not Tim Anderson. That's not what we've known Tim Anderson to be. I'm not telling you you got to, you know, chin up and just wait it out, but the way the White Sox's roster is constructed, it is hinging on him being productive. And so that's why they believe that it's still coming because you're not going to just bench a guy who's basically still the face of your franchise. Yep. And Brady says exactly what I thought. Uh, I still love TA clear. He's hurt. Clear. He's hurt. And some reason they won't put him on the IL. There's different reasons there. They've, I think, you know, he feels he's healthy. He's back to playing shortstop after playing a couple games at second base because his arm is a little bit better than it was. His shoulder's a little bit better than it was. And Belzar, later down in the uh, chats, uh, Greg, says something like, Tim's hitting 230, 10.35. We can't be angry at him. I didn't say that. Be angry at him. Please be angry at the player. But to trade him and to say, oh, my God, this guy is get off the team. I don't need this guy on the team. I think it's a bridge too far. The man is hurt. And, yes, he's not playing well. You can say he needs to sit or be benched or to be sat down for a couple games, and that's fine. But to have the vitriol that I see on Twitter and other places, people seeing me at the game, it's like, man, this TA is bad. You need to get him off the team. Calm down. I don't think we're there yet, but let's get into some actual really, really, really positive news. The pitcher today, Dylan Cease, he's back. His months of June for Dylan Cease, the last two years, have been brilliant. Today, Dylan Cease went six innings pitched, one earned run. That was the Shohei Itani solo home run, five hits, 10 Ks, and the most important stat for any White Sox starter, especially Dylan Cease and Michael Kopech, zero walks. Zero walks. And to illustrate that, NBC Sports Chicago's Chris Kamka, associate producer there, brought up a point of how many people have done the 10 strikeouts and zero walks thing for the White, for the White Sox in their history. Chris Sale has seven games of that ilk. You just had it up a second ago, uh, Greg. It's a Kamka tweet. Chris Sale had seven of those such things, 10 strikeouts with zero walks. Juan Pizarro with four, Carlos Rodon with four, Dylan Cease right there with his third 10K no no walk performance. Just brilliant today. We know how tough those guys are at the top of the order, but to shut down all the rest of the guys too, Mike Trout three times struck out to Dylan Cease and two times did Shohei Itani. What do you got to say about his performance today? And the other stat they put up during the telecast was not only is he on this list of most games with 10 strikeouts and no walks, He's also now tied for second in all-time starting pitchers for White Sox with 10 strikeouts or more in a game, ever. Now, the guy who's in first, he's got a little bit to go, but he's holding down second now. He's, he's a phenomenal guy. Like, I know we lose him in the how Gio's been doing this year and how Gio's been more of the ace this year, but 
Last year, Dylan Cease was the American League Pitcher of the Month in the month of June with a sub .5 ERA. And the month, the pitch of uh, the month for July got snubbed, did not go to the All-Star game last year, and then took it off on the re- rest of the American League. And this year, with this uh, ju- uh, ju- uh, June, he's been filthy again. Like, he just needs help. The players need to help him out because he's out there chucking the ball and keeping it within the strike zone and striking people out at a high rate of speed. I mean, the rotation in general has been very good. The bullpen in general has been very good. Cease is, is starting to kind of creep back into the consciousness uh, probably of, of White Sox fans in general. I would say that he's gone kind of under the radar this year, which is wild considering he was second in Cy Young voting a year ago. But, you know, with all the focus, like you said, on Lucas Giolito, there's been a lot of focus both on uh, Lance Lynn and Michael Kopech probably for the other reasons for some of the struggles that they've had but really when you look at the starting pitching in general Cease has been a big contributor as to why it has been as good as it has been I believe his ERA now is 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 what creeping around three and a half from the season like he's he's back yeah absolutely and and I'm not sure that he ever went away but he's really zeroed in on what and looking far more like the guy that we saw throughout last season and let's check out his pitch mix for today I brought up this with Sean earlier in the year where Dylan Cease was throwing more forcing fastballs than sliders than forcing fastballs, and he's back to doing that. I think that's when he actually starts dominating. And when his slider's on, he's on. Today he threw 48% of his pitches were sliders, 48 of them. 36 of those pitches were forcing fastballs. Knuckle curve he mixed in 11 times and four times with a changeup. He was just getting people to mix. Uh, his uh, caught, uh, his swings plus uh, whiffs were, let's see, 34%. Caught, uh, sorry, caught strikes. Called strikes or whiffs were 34%, which is above MLB average. And his uh, swings were 38% today. So Dylan Cease, like you said, is right back to where he needs to be. What do you think will take for Dylan Cease to move from where he is right now, which is pretty damn good, to where he was last year, which was sub-2-5 ERA in the Cy Young contention for the American League. Keep doing that. Keep doing that. And obviously that's a lot to ask. That was a really, really good game today. But that's the kind of thing he was doing every time out last Mm -hmm. year. And so if you want to see him get back to the incredible highs that he was at last year, and perhaps that's not realistic – but if that's what you want to see, he's going to have to do that over and over again because it was the consistency at which he was keeping runs off the board last year that made him so, so good. Obviously, he's got the great stuff. Obviously, the strikeouts pile up in a hurry when you do have that great stuff. But it's about run prevention at the end of the day. And games like tonight, he was doing that every five days last year, it seemed like. So you want to know how he gets back to being that guy? He pitches like that every time out. So uh, to clean up the ERA thing, I believe it's at 404 at the moment on the season, which, listen, Lucas Giolito's dropped in a hurry, and, and we didn't know, you know, we didn't kind of catch our breaths before looking up and realizing where his was. Ceases is, is doing the same thing right now. 404 uh, Atlanta? He's an Atlanta boy too, right? Is that right? Is that the zip code in so. uh, Atlanta? All I right. believe so. Um, and speaking of, like, 
the starting pitchers, and I know they're professionals, and they're like, I should have did this, that, and the other. I think that's what um, Lance Lynn said. After a 16-strikeout performance, I could have pitched better. It's like, do you think there's a breaking point for pitchers when they're out there dealing like Dylan Sistis did today or Gio does one day and Lance Lynn in the 16-strikeout game and they lose? Do you think there's some, come on, guys, I'm out here battling, or do you think they just keep it in-house, or do you think they just eat it like and just say, I got to be better? no matter what. Well, they're going to say I got to be better because that's being a good teammate, right? But I think the main thing is that this thing happens. This is baseball. It really seems like every year you can look up and find a guy who's dealing with this who's dealing with this on a on a regular basis. Remember Jose Quintana when oh. he back when he pitched for the White Sox so every time. It seemed like every time out the 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 offense was incapable of scoring more than three runs for him. I mean, this was this is something that just kind of happens all the time. And I think when you see Lance Lynn go out and say, "Oh, you know, had a good game, but oh well, I, it didn't work out," or Lucas Giolito on uh, a night when the when the defense falls apart on him late, or, or the defense I should say falls apart on the White Sox late, and he. You know, he gave up one earned run, and he's out there like, "Well, I can't give up that one un, un you know, one uh, uh, earned run." So it's it's just a situation where this is kind of what happens in baseball. And when you pitch in for a team that is struggling in in other facets, it's going to happen more often. I mean, listen, Marcos has the comment right there. Lance Lynn's that 16 strikeout game on a, on a Sunday in Seattle. Dylan Cease tonight, 10 strikeouts on a on a Monday night in Anaheim. Both losses because guess what? They both they scored one run in both those games. Yeah, there's got to be a breaking point for me. If I'm one of the pitchers, like I'm out here chucking y'all. Come on now. And then you're getting a rep as bad clubhouse guy, Herb. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm Dallas Keuchel in that clubhouse. I'm like, hey man, I'm putting up zeros all day long. One run. I'm going to ask for two. Can I get two, brothers? Two? That's it? All right, then. Uh, we're going to take a break and then uh, come back and talk about this disappointing White Sox team. And maybe, just maybe, talk about Shohei Itani and how great he is. Buying your tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals and last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. I have said this uh, many times. I went to Atlanta last year around Labor Day, and I was looking for tickets. Of course, I went to game time first, bought the tickets in the section I wanted, and they say they have a 110% guarantee that you're going to get the lowest price at game time. So I was like, let me try you out, game time. Went to another site. They had a ticket that was slightly cheaper than what game time had. I sent an email, showed them the screenshot. Game time got my money in less than 12 minutes to my game time account. It was $46 into my account. It was so awesome, so quick. Customer service was right on point. Forget the planning and months ahead. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets, football, basketball, baseball, comedy, theater, and more. Game time guarantee means you always have the best price. As I said, if you get tickets in the same section, or row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest, uh, fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly where you will arrive. Buying tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're all set. Snag the, tic- uh, sorry. Snag the tickets without stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use the code CHGO. For $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account 
and redeem code CHGO and get $20 off. I got my mom $20 off of Beyonce tickets. Download GameTime app today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Now i got to find the ComEd read, and you ready to go, Vinny? You know I am, Herb. Let's see. The ComEd Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities they serve, helping manage energy usage, lower energy bills now and into the future. You know, Herb, you're right. I am. ComEd offers a wide variety of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across our beloved territory here in northern Illinois. ComEd also offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities like those for HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. Vinny, how does that work? Well, I'm glad you asked because the folks at ComEd sent it over right here, and I can read it for you. They're so nice. I know. I know. They are, really they are but i know everybody here thinks that i just know this about comed but you know sometimes you have to be informed an authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs these can be done in person or virtually and last approximately two hours within three to four weeks customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they can start working on immediately each recommendation will include estimated energy savings cost savings project costs potential incentives and simple payback if you our dear listeners own a business don't wait don't now here's the cta it's highlighted in yellow and i know this because i live in the city that it stands for chicago transit authority Get started saving money and energy today. For energy-saving tips, lighting incentives, or to schedule your free facility assessment, go to comed.com slash poweringbiz. Is that comed.com slash poweringbiz? Herb, it is. You don't even. You didn't even need one of those giant cones that, oh, that people used to stick in their ear back in the 1800s to hear me. You heard it perfectly <laughs> clear. I did say comed.com slash poweringbiz. So schedule it today. To get to stuff and a little transition transaction stuff that happened before the game, prior to today's game, the White Sox were called outfielder Adam Hazley from AAA Charlotte, an option interfielder Jose Rodriguez to Class A, Class AA Birmingham. Anything we should read into that and why this move was made before today's game? Uh, to me, it says that Tim's back. Obviously, I am not in California. I did not speak to Pedro Grafold today. But to me, it says that Tim is back and is going to be able to start and play regularly from here on out. Um, having an extra infielder probably helped guard against you know depth issues when Tim was still working his way back from that shoulder injury and was unable to do certain things um, in games. Uh, now Adam Hazley is up. You probably use that extra outfielder to to do all the things that Pedro likes to do late in games, be it a pinch run or a defensive replacement. Uh, and obviously he's put Hazley in uh, to swing the bat as well uh, throughout the season. So that's the read that I get on that move. And speaking of people who are out there in Anaheim, there was some rumors that Maybe on this West Coast trip, you might see Oscar Colas rejoin the White Sox. Any validity and anything you could share with that? I mean, nothing that I saw put it much past speculation, but um, I think uh, some of those tweets uh, were coming after that that moment that you talked about earlier in tonight's game where they put two on with nobody out and the first guy up, <clears throat> excuse me, is Clint Frazier, who was the starting right fielder tonight, um, and he strikes out. Uh, you know, Clint Frazier when he first joined the team, provided a little bit of a spark. Obviously, the uh, numbers that he was putting up at AAA were, were really good. Um, but now the numbers that Oscar Colas has been putting up at AAA for the last two months are really good. Um, this is a guy who won the starting right fielder job for this White Sox team in spring training. And after a 
quite frankly, a really horrid month of playing, he was sent down and, and, you know, I I don't think anybody could have blamed the White Sox for that move at the, at the end of April, Mm -mm. but here they are at nearing the end of June and Clint Frazier is getting a lot of playing time, which I don't think anybody really banked on. Gavin Sheets, as you mentioned, is nowhere to be found when there's a left-handed pitcher on the mound. I just looked at the splits. You know how many at-bats he has against left-handed pitchers this year? I don't. Six. That's it? That's it. Now, there might be good reason for that, considering that in six of those at-bats, four of them were strikeouts. But the thing that I've... I mean, I've noticed that everyone's noticed he is not getting even getting chances to to, to go against lefties. I, I talked to him in spring training one year. I guess it would have been two springs ago and, and was you know, like, you know, because it was at the time it was the platoon of him and Berger or, or, or Vaughn rather him and yeah. Vaughn in the outfield. And the idea being that it was very much based on hand handedness and Sheets, I said, you know, hey, what's going on with this? Is it is this a thing where you're just gonna play against the righties and, and Vaughn's gonna play against the lefties? And he's like, well, I, you know, I think I can, I think I can hit lefties. It's just a matter of getting the reps, and they're not giving him the reps. And and listen, they might be right at the end of the day, but uh, if he's not gonna get any chances, you need you need a better look in in right field, I think. Then and and Oscar Colas was the guy that really since November they were touting as being the guy that would give them the best look so yeah has he earned another shot maybe would it be would it be uh would it behoove him to continue to play at triple a and continue to go through you know those big sample sizes of 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 both positives and negatives maybe but uh the big league team could probably use somebody to play uh if 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 a guy like frazier is getting this sort of regular run if Colas is showing he can do it and make some sort of impact, then it, it probably wouldn't hurt to try him out. But, of course, they're the ones that are um, monitoring his development far closer than I am. On the whole, he's hitting 292 on base, 365, and slugging 458 down there in AAA. So doing well, and you said the number's even better in the last month. So Oscar Colas, you might be seeing him. I would... Definitely much rather see Oscar Colas than Clint Frazier. He served a purpose. He was nice. He was decent. Now baseball's catching up with him. He's showing exactly who he is with a lot of exposure. And I've always said you don't get better at hitting left-handers by not hitting left-handers, not getting the chance to hit left-handers. I mean, we... If you're a Cub fan from back in the day, remember Anthony Rizzo just sucked for his left-handers. And he found a way. He found a way to actually get better at hitting left-handers, crowding the plate, adjusting to hit those inside pitches with some power. So I would say if you're going to have a player play, it better be the better of the two players and just throw handedness out the window. Well, and and, and again, listen, they might have all the reason in the world to believe that when Gavin Sheets is in there against a lefty, he's not the better of the two players. They might That might be their belief, and that's why they're doing that. But to your point on, you know, you don't get – you can't improve if you're not doing anything. This was supposed to be the the time for Gavin Sheets to get his chance to become that everyday guy. You remember when they sent Colas down, Sheets was the guy that, that uh, Pedro pointed to and said, this is his time. This is his opportunity. Obviously, Aloy Jimenez has been on and off the injured lists, uh, you know, throughout the, the season. Yohan Moncada has been on and off the injured list throughout the season, which has allowed Jake Berger to play a lot of third base. 
the the, the bats should be there they should. for Gavin Sheets. The the opportunity should be there. Um, if you're going to have Yohan Moncada out and who knows how much longer he's going to be out, that frees up that DH spot for for Pedro to use for both Gavin and Aloy. It would seem to me that that Gavin ha- should have plenty of opportunity here. He hasn't been getting it on an everyday basis. He's been continuing to get it on a platoon basis. And that's a shame because I think Gavin serves a purpose, better purpose than what Clint Frazier is here. Um, at least Gavin has got a future. I think Clint has you know, worked his way through a couple major league ballpark or major league teams and organizations, and he is what he is. But the last thing I want to bring up before the game, Major League Baseball announced that our own Luis Robert Jr., is the AL Player of the Week going off this week with 450 average, four home runs, five driven in, and only two, count them, two strikeouts this past week. So, Luis Robert Jr., I just want to get that in because this is the the podcast version of our shows today. We had a pregame show, which we talked about this earlier, but amazing what this guy has done. We talked about him earlier in the show, but finally, he gets his first ever Player of the Week award in his career, which blew my mind. I was like, he's been good for weeks before. What happened? What happened there? Major League Baseball. But finally, they gave him the recognition that he sorely needs and deserves right here. I'm not trying to find the Shady Reeds, Shady Rays read that I got to do right here. Because after the break, we'll talk a little bit more about Dylan Cease and then preview tomorrow's game. <sighs> it's not looking good for the White Sox at all. Bad. Shoei Itani's on the bump. Take... Take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered from the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at a affordable rate. Shady Rays has an independent sunglass company that offers worldwide a worldwide product that is just as good as any expensive player I've worn. Durable frames, extremely clear optics for outdoor adventure. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all eyewear. It's insane, you say? Insane in the membrane. <laughs> Every pair of eyeglasses is backed by the lost and broken replacements. The other day, Sean thought he lost his uh, glasses or broke them. In Iowa. Yeah, and I was like, call him up. Because you know why, Greg Braggs? Why is that, Herb? There's no questions asked. If you lose... Misplace, Wait, I'm not break your glasses. I just asked the question. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, Shady Rays won't ask any <laughs> How questions. How dare you? They won't be asking any questions. Together with their customers, Shady Rays is providing a much-needed support to nonprofit partners across the United States for Shady Rays Impact. From building playsets for the pediatric cancer patients to providing young adults with MS, the outdoor adventure of a lifetime, Shady Rays is making an impact in your community and others. Like it now for more years to come. Exclusive for all their listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code CHGO for 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized shades. Try for yourself the shades rated five-star by over 250,000 people. Shady Rays. Ooh. Yeah, that's right. Shady Rays Independence Sale right now is Independence Day sale is on right now. Go to ShadyRays.com and get up to 50% off a single pairs of sunglasses. Try for yourself the Shades rate five stars by 250,000 people. That's an in, the Independence Day sale? Yeah. So can I get the kind that Will Smith wears in the movie? <sighs> Probably. Just look right like it. Welcome to Earth. That one. That's Finish the it. movie. Finish it. <laughs> no? Okay. All right, you can see on our set right here, Southpaw, and the one all the way to the left, not this Tim that's close to me, one by Vinny, 
Those are provided by FOCO. So get fitted out in the best sports gear around. Hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, everything in between. It's spring and baseball season. Aloha shirts, straw hats, polos, bags, everything you need for a game. Set the decorations, like I said, provided bus by FOCO. So go show them some love. Check out FOCO.com or click the link in the description below for all non-presale items. Use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. Herb, does that include any Arkansas Razorbacks baseball bobbleheads there might be on there? Especially. A there Benintendi one, a Brett Bielema one when he was coach, <laughs> a James McCann one. A Dallas even, Keuchel one. Even your man Dallas Keuchel. Yeah. He's my man? Yeah. All right. I don't know if any Mississippi State ones there for, for Lance, Lance Lynn. Yeah. No, I don't know. But tomorrow, <sighs> Michael Kopech, the anomaly. Will he come out and strike out 10 and give up no walks? Or will he come out and give up four home runs versus the man, the myth, the legend, Shohei Atani? He's going on the bump, and he's going to be the DH, so you can't even escape that. What's your thoughts on tomorrow's game for the, for the White Sox? I mean, Michael Kopech has looked, and I want to say this timidly, better than he was before. But which Michael Kopech do you expect to come out, especially after tonight where they kind of one-up each other usually with uh, C's pitching and Michael Kopech comes out the next day and tries to match his uh, effort? Well, Herb, this is a great setup, but I need to rewind for a second because you said Mississippi State for Lance Lynn, and that's not correct. It's Mississippi? Lance Lynn's Ole Miss. I believe Kendall Graveman is Mississippi uh, State. Next time Lance Rivalry. Lynn sees me, he's going to beat me. That's what I'm saying. We want I'm we sorry. want Lance Lynn to be represented correctly. He is a he's a he's a reb, not a dog. From Indiana to Mississippi, hmm. uh, Indiana's right there, <laughs> straight down. Um, on uh, on on the Michael Kopech front, yeah, you're right. He is a guy who kind of can has been. Jekyll and Hyden it up this year, hasn't he? He's been a guy who uh, has had a tendency to give up a lot of home runs, but he's also been a guy who uh, has had some really nice performances as well. So I think what Dylan C showed today was that uh, certainly this Angels lineup is one that can be handled, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he not only um, did tremendous work against everybody not named Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, but did tremendous work against those two guys as well. I believe he struck out Mike Trout three times, struck out Shohei Otani twice. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael Kopech has some good stuff too, and he could probably have some success against this lineup. Cease obviously is a pitcher who has uh, put a little bit more on his resume, so to speak, than, than Michael has it to this point. I think, though, that uh, you got to look at the way that Michael's last uh, – Last outing went and um, see if that rest paid off that uh, he got there after only throwing 86 pitches in that one ahead of the off day. Yeah, and Michael Kopech did face these same Anaheim Angels or Los Angeles Angels in Chicago earlier in this year. He only went four and a third. But in that four and a third, he struck out 10. This is what I'm talking about with Michael Kopech. He's greatness is on display all the time, but... Four and a third, not enough. His last start versus the Texas Rangers. He went four innings, struck out five, gave up three earned, but only four innings. And the White Sox got the loss there and a 6-3 beating uh, or loss to the Angels there. It's just so frustrating to have this guy be showing you how great he can be, but then also he hasn't reached his potential. He hasn't become Lucas Giolito. Like we talked the other day where Lucas didn't have his stuff. And Lucas was like, I'm just searching. I was just pitching. And today 
Cease had good stuff. The slider was moving. It was on tilt. But his fastball was mid-90s fastball. Sometimes he can get that up to 98. Sometimes he sits 96. I think today he was, like, sitting 94. So he didn't have his premium stuff, but you saw him still, still go out and battle and get it done. You see that flashes from Michael Kopech, and this is the thing that he needs to take the next step for of, okay, I am this good. I have confidence in the stuff, the stuff that I can throw, the stuff that I can throw these guys can't hit. The stuff – that gets hit is me not throwing the ball with confidence, me walking the guy before him, me giving up a soft single, getting distracted by that, and then giving up a home run. What is, what do you think will take Michael Kopech to that next level? Is it just being in the major leagues and learning these hitters a little bit more? Or is it actually being around and picking the brains, which he already probably does with Lucas Gilito, Dylan Cease, Lance Lynn, and others on the staff? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I can tell you that he does that, obviously. But, um, you know, it's not – it's not uh, – it's hard to say. Yeah. Because this is a guy who his last time out, we were just kind of wanting to know what was going on with him, maybe from a physical standpoint or, or just from the decision st- standpoint that Pedro made, kind of coming with an early hook there for him in the, in the last outing. And he's there sitting, being reflective on, on the way he's pitched and, you know, saying that it's embarrassing that he hasn't pitched uh, better for this team this year. So um, it's not a lack of want, obviously, but mm-hmm. it's it's about it coming together. And, hey, this is what, you know, Ethan Katz and, and, that, and that coaching staff have the work to do in front of them because obviously they figured out a way, or I should say Ethan did prior to his hiring by the White Sox, figured out a way to – make it click for Lucas Giolito. He figured out a way to make it click for Carlos Rodon. He figured out a way to make it click for Dylan Cease. Obviously still figuring out a way to make it click for Michael Kopech because it hasn't happened on a consistent basis yet. And there's straight the schedule. I'll bring that up as a second, Greg. But with Michael, the last start he did have, one of the reasons I think Pedro took him out was because of the taxing third and fourth innings that he had. And then he said, I think, you know, we're wanting to get fresh or be a little bit more fresh for his next start. So this is the next start, and I hope to see the Michael Kopech we've seen so many times in big-time games and limit the walks. If he limits the walks, I think he can be fine. He, like That's where he runs into the bugaboo. In this 10-strikeout game he had versus these Angels, he walked two guys. So if he can be like Dylan Cease was tonight, 10-0, and zero, I think he'll make it a little farther into the game. Now, the schedule that the White Sox have remaining. As White Sox fans last year, I think we said that they had one of the easiest remaining schedules in the second half, and the White Sox did not take full advantage of that. This is a uh, graphic that NBC Sports Chicago showed during their game broadcast. Easiest schedules remaining. But here, schedules remaining. Herb, what does, does this tell you anything? You know what this tells me? That everybody in the AL Central is bad. And the Astros, too. I, the Astros, <laughs> that's just the, the way the cookie crumbles, I guess. But, I mean. Maybe the also, Astros have to also, play all the Tigers, Twins, and Royals. What a tough, what a tough, what a tough uh, pull for the Guardians here, I must say. But, uh, yeah, I mean, look, the easiest strength of schedule remaining in baseball is the top four is AL Central teams because guess what? They play each other. They all play each other, and everybody in the division is under 500. That's why. Leave you a little positivity, White Sox fans. 
In the month of September, the White Sox play a bunch of those AL Central teams. Detroit six more times. I think they play Minnesota a couple more times. The Royals. And I think they finish off with the Arizona Diamondbacks, who are really good, and the San Diego Padres. So the schedule and in there, I think you get the Washington Nationals. The Nats are in there, too. So the, yeah. You have a very easy. Uh, the Red Sox, uh, who they just won the series against. So they got to go to Boston. The A's are in there somewhere. So, yeah, they have an easy schedule coming up. Can they take advantage of it? I don't know. We'll see. My name is Herb Lawrence. I am the uh, community leader usually here for the CHGO White Sox. Do I have to read those things? All right. Fred says we love Sean. I don't think you have to, but I you don't, can. I don't. We don't love Sean. Wow. Get out of here, Fred. Wow. I'm kidding. I'm, Kicking I'm, him while he's down. I love you, Fred. And I love you, Sean, too. And Tony says, love the Herb and Duber show. Is that what it's going to be called? Herb and Duber show? Why not? Well, Vinny and... Vinny and Law. No, there's already a law here. Vinny and her. It also makes me sound like I'm your Vinny and Law, which is not <laughs> something that you want. And as our guy Greg says, hit the like button for yeah. that late night therapy. We're going to be back tomorrow night. It's a remote version after the White Sox and the Anaheim slash Los Angeles Angels battle. Shohei Itani, Michael Kopech, late night tomorrow. Please join us for the CHGO White Sox post game. That is Vinny Duber. You can check out his articles at allchgo.com. Right now is a Luis Robert article. You can check it out immediately, if not sooner. That over there, Mr. Braggs Jr. How you doing, Greg Braggs Jr.? How do you think you did in your first night doing post game? I did okay. Hey, but we're we're building towards perfection. We're not there yet. No, so perfection is boring. So no, fo- you're good. Football. There's no such thing as a West Coast. West Coast night game for football. No, they do it the smart way. When it's on the West Coast, they schedule the games earlier. So, so how? What do you? What do you think about West Coast baseball, Greg? I I love it. You I, love I'm it. I'm running on no. adrenaline right now. But if it. they were to do it like football, then just all West Coast games should start around five o'clock their time instead of seven o'clock their time, and then that way everyone in the Midwest and the East Coast can continue to watch these games. You know, you're trying to build up fandom and and views and everything that's that's how you get it done so last week or two weekends ago i guess when i was uh when i was out mm-hmm. when i was off i was in uh kentucky mm-hmm. which is east the part of kentucky that i was in eastern time zone and the socks were in seattle Oof. and so it was following you know I, I wanted to follow along see what was going on those games didn't start till 10 p.m Woo! yeah i i was like oh my god i know now know Everybody in the uh, AL, in the AL and NL East, and and a few of the teams in the Central uh, uh, divisions in those leagues as well, fan bases of those teams when they go out to the West Coast, my goodness, a ten o'clock start time, yeah. they just got to be like, nope, I'm not watching this one, right? Yeah, I'm out. No, I'm good. Ooh. I got to go to work tomorrow. F the White Sox or whoever team your team you root for, they ain't paying my bills for tomorrow. And when I went out to the West Coast for the year, ten a.m kickoffs for Bears games they were really terrible it's 2016 season so at the end of the year I was not waking up for Bears games but that is real convenient like you can finish your uh, football watching oh yeah within like five o'clock and you can go and kick it that's got to feel that. really good to watch a to watch a quote-unquote noon game uh but it's over at like 1 30 oh, you got the, the whole day, day left oh that's great and 
if you were a young kid like I was, but I was in Chicago, so my mom didn't give me this excuse. Church started for us at a lot on eleven o'clock, and it ended at like two thirty. It was too long. That's that's a the, lot of that's a lot of anything. Half the half the reason why I don't go to church right now. <laughs> um, but if you were in, you know the what? West, church needs a pitch clock. Oh my god, <laughs> so much. Get it? Hurry up! A, I went to a, a wedding, preach, a preach clock. Yeah, I went to a <laughs> wedding that was non-denominational uh, and no like, you know, religion. Ten minutes from start to finish. Music, guy going up, saying his words, leaving. Ten minutes. But if I was on the West Coast going to church, I could have said earlier in my life that I didn't want to go to um, church. Mostly, I said I don't want to miss this football game, Mom. I want to be a football guy. I want to be playing in football, or I want to be an announcer for football. And she would have let me do that. So instead of going to church until I was like fifteen, I could have got out when I was ten. Damn it! Need a time machine. But. <laughs> My name's Herb Lawrence, Actor Wall 23 on to Twitter machines. You can follow me there, talking about all White Sox and other junk. But tomorrow, join us, probably 11.30, something like that, where the White Sox postgame after they win tomorrow over Shohei Itani. Hit a bunch of home runs off him, and he hit zero. So join us, CHGO White Sox. Thank you for joining us tonight. Let's pump those likes up to like 35, Frank Thomas. Right now, Larry Garcia. We can't stay on Larry Garcia Or likes. at least 34, Gavin Floyd. Exactly. So we'll see you tomorrow. Peace out. We're serious about success. <laughs> <laughs>